and welcome to the Good Health Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Good, a registered nutritional therapy practitioner and functional medicine practitioner. Join me as we explore thyroid, brain and fatigue conditions with positivity. From Hashimoto's to multiple sclerosis, chronic fatigue to adrenal dysfunction, I've got you covered. With expert advice and tips to help you take action now and inspiring real patient stories from successful individuals who refuse to let their health hold them back. Start your journey to good health today. And don't forget to come and join the conversation on Instagram at good underscore health, that's G-O-O-D-E. Or visit my website at nicolegoodhealth.com to find out more. Welcome back to the Good Health Podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to look at mold toxicity. And mold is a huge area. And there's lots of different parts of this that we can dig into. And, you know, we can do deep dives in other episodes. But what I really want to look at today is mold toxicity as the root cause of conditions or symptoms. So many people have mold exposure and toxicity and don't realize that it can actually be the root cause for many of their symptoms or even diagnoses that they've got. And mold is a fungus that it can basically grow anywhere. So anywhere that there is moisture and some exposure is usually okay, but too much becomes toxic and causes inflammation. So I worked out the figures actually prior to doing this episode of the podcast And in the last three months, over 70% of my clients have had mold as one of the root causes of their symptoms or diagnoses. And this is on both sides of the work that I do. So this is in the immune health clinic where I'm working with people with immune health, autoimmune conditions, and also in the optimal health clinic. So helping those high achievers to sort of reach their best versions of themselves, maintain optimal health. They're also having an issue with mold and it's it's also where we might expect it with the autoimmune disease. It's actually also running some of these symptoms that we just kind of accept and feel that we just kind of have to live with and we really shouldn't have to live with them. And they're pretty astounding figures. I mean, 70% is a huge percentage of people that are struggling with this. And research has shown that more than one in four buildings have water damage at the level where actually a toxic amount of mold would be able to develop and grow. And people often say, you know, I forget people come to me with, you know, I might sort of recognize symptoms and things like this. And I'll sort of mention mold and they'll say, oh no, there's no mold in the house. You know, I can't see it. I've checked the house. There's none around. But here's the scariest bit of mold toxicity. You can't actually always see it. So you don't necessarily have to be able to see the mold on the wall to have mold toxicity within a building. And unless we run that sort of functional testing, so we often use things like the mycotoxin test, you really wouldn't know that you were getting this buildup in your body. And we can test the buildings as well. But it really can be, mold can be something that can be driving so many of your symptoms. And we run this testing in clinic all the time. So if it's something that you think, you know, you'd like to check up on, you you can drop us a DM on Instagram um, or email us, we'll put the link below this episode. But it's something that we do run a lot because it's one of these kind of hidden things, hidden root causes that we don't necessarily see. We don't know that it's going on, but actually it can be a huge driver for a lot of different things. So what are these potential symptoms or diagnoses of mold toxicity? What what sort of things can it be driving? So firstly, it can be a root cause when people have been labeled with illnesses like chronic fatigue, POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, Things like your allergy stuff, so asthma allergies, sinusitis, all of those sorts of things. Immunological conditions as well. 
and respiratory conditions, as well as a lot more, but they're sort of the main ones. And research has shown that actually mold can have a significant impact on neurological conditions. So that's things like your, you know, your neurological autoimmune conditions, so things like MS, but also things like peripheral neuropathy. And it actually has also been implicated in finding anti-nuclear autoantibodies. So that's the ANA test that you may have had if they've been looking for autoimmunity within you or anti-myelin autoantibodies. So as you can see, it's a pretty wide range, sort of widespread of these conditions. You know, we've got fatigue conditions, we've got allergy conditions, immunological conditions, respiratory conditions, neurological ones. There's a lot of different things that this can have an impact on. And then we have something called DMHS. So this is dampness and mold hypersensitivity syndrome. And it's it's characterized by a dysregulated immune system. And it's when our immune system sort of favors being hypersensitive. And that can manifest as increased susceptibility to infection. And what we find is actually that the fungi can bind to the antibodies and that can allow them to be recognized by the immune system, including mast cells amongst others. And the fungi then activates the immune system either directly or through these mycotoxins. So that's something else that can be happening. And then of course, we've got symptoms. So you may not have a diagnosis, you might just have these symptoms, sort of ongoing symptoms that are maybe you can't get to the bottom of, or they're maybe sort of those invisible type symptoms, or you just put them down to age. But we've got lots, this is a really varied list of symptoms that we could go into. So I'm going to have a look now at the sort of the most common ones, but the list really is huge. But the most common things that we would come up against are things like fatigue, poor sleep, lack of energy, particularly after eating or exercising, things like weight gain or not being able to lose weight. So if you've got that sort of stubborn weight that you can't shift, a lot of people also describe if they've had Um, you know, they've always been able to lose weight, but then all of a sudden they find actually, I can't lose weight anymore. I'm really struggling. That can also be a sign. Things then around sort of brain fog, feeling overwhelmed, um, anxiety, depression. So a lot of those sort of neurological type of things, things like headaches, dizziness, your vertigo. And then we move into those sort of allergy things. So allergies, hay fever, sinusitis, um, congested nose sort of all the time, sore throats, Um, So all that sort of allergy type symptoms, we can even get things with your eyes. So things like floaters in your vision, dark circles under your eyes, uh, things like shortness of breath, coughing as well, heart palpitations, nausea, bloating, craving. So lots of these things that we know bloating is particularly is one that we just kind of accept. Even things like pains in the body, edema, often in the legs, buildup of fluid. And also just feeling like you get run down a lot, frequent infections or just feeling like you might be coming down with something. So as you can see, it's a really wide ranging set of symptoms and also a lot of things that we just accept that we put up with. We say, you know, it's normal. I'm just getting a bit more tired. I've got a busy life. I'm running around after the kids. There's lots going on. I'm working or normal because of aging. You know, oh, my muscles are just aching a bit. My joints are a bit sore. I've got some pains in the body, you know, these sorts of things that we put down to that sort of just aging naturally. And actually that doesn't have to be the case. We shouldn't be putting things down as being normal or putting them down to aging. If those symptoms are going on, our body is trying to tell us something. So the good news is there is actually something we can do, particularly if we've got the mycotoxin testing, it's really useful because we know we can, we know more specifically what we're dealing with. 
but we really can have very good results with mold toxicity. And I've had really good results with this with patients in clinic. And when we find that the mold toxicity is actually the root cause, we actually see such a huge lift in those symptoms. And it's amazing to see. So let's look at a case study from one of my patients in clinic. So uh, this lady came to me, she's a singer. So she's got a very active, busy lifestyle. She was touring. So always on the go, always traveling. So that's sort of typical what you would expect to be burnout picture. But there was just something more going on. So she had a lot of symptoms. She was having sort of major crashes with energy where she would be kind of in bed for a few days. Um, then she would feel a bit better and then it would be, you know, she'd be sort of struggling again. She was having pains. There was like sort of buzzing and vibration tingling all over, nerve shooting pains, um, burning in the hands. So lots of sort of that neurological symptoms and the extreme sort of fatigue. She wasn't sleeping well. There was also brain fog, sort of poor memory. And she felt like her heart was kind of pounding. So that sort of palpitation sort of thing that, we, that we've been talking about. And also felt like there was maybe some sort of numbness on one side of the body. So lots of kind of really varied sort of symptoms. We looked at, you know, the sort of things that have been considered like fibromyalgia, sort of some form of dysautonomia, chronic fatigue. So all of these things had been sort of thrown around as potential diagnoses. She didn't have a diagnosis, but these were all things that had kind of been discussed. But on her tests, bloods all came back normal. MRI came back normal. Nothing was really showing up as being a real sort of a, a neat diagnosis that we could kind of, you know, put in a box. There wasn't really anything there. So she didn't have, you know, she'd been to the doctors and had all this done, but she wasn't getting sort of a diagnosis through. So... We knew with her that stress was likely going to be a trigger because of the lifestyle that she was living. She was living very fast paced sort of life. So we started by looking at kind of adrenal testing. We looked at gut health and gut testing, started working on all of that. And we also did the mold mycotoxin testing, also did the testing on her home as well. So we found the mold in her home. We also found that she had mold on her mycotoxin test. So she had octoxin A, which is a very uh, common one. Um, and we started really to work on that. So we started with liver support, immune support. We started with um, the bioflavonoids and the antioxidants and the detox protocol. She was getting a lot of sinus symptoms as well. So that was something else. Um, and also felt like there was maybe some kind of like nocturnal hyperglycemia going on as well. Um, so there's lots of different things. Exercise was kind of a real struggle for her at this point. And yes, yeah, so we started on this, on the, on the sort of protocol for the mold. Once we got that back, we started working on that. And it really didn't take sort of too much time. She put a lot of work in. She was working really hard at it, making sure that she was, you know, doing all the things to help herself. We got things like air purifiers in. She had the house remediated. She actually moved out of her home for a little while um, to get away from that source, as well as doing all the stuff that we were working on. We switched up her diet. And within a very quick, very short space of time, so within, you know, sort of three or four months, we were really seeing a huge difference in her health. So we were seeing a vast amount more energy. So she was having really busy weeks again. So, you know, there was, in fact, so much so that we actually had to start planning in sort of downtime for her because actually <laughs> she'd gone back to being really busy um, and really sort of, you know, she'd had sort of four social events in a week, she was selling her house. 
She was doing sort of, she was back running. She was doing yoga sessions. Um, you know, so there's lots going on all within one week. And, but she was managing to do this. This was the thing. She was actually managing to do all of this that she hadn't been able to do before. So she was exercising four or five times a week. She was seeing friends four or five times a week. You know, it. she was back to living that sort of life and being able to do it. She still had some symptoms because we're, you know, we're still working on, um, on working on a few things and making sure that we're clearing out all of that mold and stress and all that sort of side of things. But there was a vast improvement in in her ability to function and have a normal, you know, normal sort of day to day life again. And that really was in a really short space of time. And we're actually now sort of switching the focus a little. We've switched the focus on to sort of adrenals and making sure that actually she's getting enough downtime and relaxation and all of that sort of side of things in there to make sure that she keeps herself at that sort of optimal health. But she's sleeping better. She doesn't feel nauseous. She's She couldn't actually, she was struggling to put weight on, which she now can do. She felt like she wasn't waking up with those hyperglycemic attacks. And this is this was something that had been going on for quite a long time for her. So it just shows you how actually you can get really good results in a relatively short space of time. So what do we actually do? If we find that this mold is there, what do we actually do? So working on mold has to be a very kind of multi-layered approach. And I, I do recommend if you're working with something like mold, definitely work with a practitioner and work with one who works with mold cases regularly. Somebody who really has some knowledge around mold toxicity. And if you do suspect that it could be an issue for you, it's definitely worth doing for this. It's a very individualized approach and it does need proper attention. That being said, there's three main sort of stages that we would want to work through. So we look at remove, eliminate, and prevent. So we start by removing the mold exposure. So it's really difficult to heal from mold if you're still exposed. So we, if we can, we want to remove you from the source or remediate the building with the mold. Now, obviously, if the if the source is in your home, it's really difficult. Some people can't just afford to, you know, sell up and move house. It's not always that simple. You can't certainly can't do it immediately. It's not something you can do the next day. So this can be really tricky. And that's when remediation can come in really useful. And we can test whether mold is present in a building and then remediate to get rid of the mold. But it should be noted that there are really good remediators out there. And there's also some not so good ones. So you do need to know who you're working with. We want to make sure that we get full remediation done, especially when they're coming into your home or into your work, you know, doing work on your building. It is really important to make sure that we're getting really good remediators in there. But that is step one. We need to remove the initial source of the mold. Now, for some people, it could be that actually they find there is no mold in the home. It could be that they've been exposed in a previous home that they've lived in. And this has happened with, with me with patients in clinic whereby they've recently moved home and the house that they're in now, we don't find any mold, but actually they they knew that there was a leak or they felt that there could have been a bit of damp in a previous building. So that sometimes can happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be the building that you're in now that is causing the mold toxicity. So that's the first thing. We need to get you away from that initial mold exposure. Then we need to eliminate. So we need to work with detoxification protocols to eradicate the mold from the body. So alongside a detox protocol, you need to also make sure you're working on your bioflavonoids or antioxidants. So this is often a step that gets forgotten, even by some practitioners. And it can actually stop you from seeing really good results. It's really important to make sure that we're working on the healing side of things and the bioflavonoids, antioxidants, as well as working on the detox side. 
But getting a really good detoxification protocol in there is really important. And that is probably going to include some form of supplementation detox protocol. We also look at the diet. So we help to support your natural detoxification pathways within the body. Make sure that you're getting all the nutrients that they need to function well and also reduce any further mold exposure from foods. So that's the elimination phase. Then we need to prevent. So we need to prevent it coming back. We need to heal the body and we need to build up your immune function because we often find that people's immune systems following a mold exposure have actually been not. So we want to make sure that that immune function is really balanced and everything is working really nicely. We also sometimes need to repair and heal the gut. So intestinal permeability, so leaky gut, is quite common when we've got mold toxicity. Sometimes as well, we can get leaky blood brain barrier. So making sure that we're repairing the body, repairing the brain, repairing the gut, looking at that immune function, making sure that that's balanced. That's all part of this prevention to help you heal fully. Plus there's lots of lifestyle changes that we can do to also support you along the way. So it's definitely a multi-layered protocol. We've got to remove, we've got to eliminate, we've got to prevent. We've also got to use supplementation, use diet and use lifestyle. So let's look at another of uh, my clients and uh, one of my patients in her case. So she had um, EBV, so looking at chronic fatigue. She'd had surgery, so that was another sort of stress on the body. She'd got, um, been told she'd got adrenal fatigue, um, potential thyroid issues. There was histamine problems, been diagnosed with POTS. Um, so a lot of that sort of dysautonomia going on. Um, so there was lots, a, a, quite a long history with her uh, going back a long way. And she'd seen, you know, we'd got lots of pain, lots of neurological symptoms. Um, we started off looking at the adrenal issues because that was something that was really big for her. We started looking at those. She'd also got some underlying autoimmune, so she'd got endometriosis. So we knew that there was immune health issues going on. Uh, so we did gut testing and looked at the gut. Sort of IBS and food sensitivities and all of this sort of thing had been something that had been going on for a long time for her. Um, so we did adrenal testing. We did gut testing. We started working on a lot of those things. We found that she had um, some infections going on in the gut. So we dealt with those. We started working on that and she started to feel a bit better. We started working on the adrenal fatigue and balancing that out. That's She started to feel a little bit better again. Um, but there were still a lot of things that just weren't quite going away. And that's when we really sparked this. Mm, there might be something else going on. There's another root cause that we're missing. And we did the mycotoxin testing. So we looked for the mold. And again, in this case, a few months later, it came back with mold as well. We got, uh, it came back on the um, on the mycotoxin test that mold was an issue. Uh, we have started off with exactly the same. So we started looking at um, the house. So she had remediators in to have a look at that. And actually something that was really interesting with her was that she went on holiday. So she actually went away to America and we'd been working on the gut stuff, working on the adrenal stuff. She was a bit worried about how the long haul flight, um, you know, would, would impact her. I mean, this was somebody who was having to use like wheelchairs sometimes getting around and things like that. So, you know, she was pretty poorly. Um, and she was a bit concerned about this long haul flight. How would she manage? But she was going to America. Um, we talked about all the, the stuff around all the things she could do to support herself, you know, on the flight and around that sort of um, jet lag and all those things that come up. 
And actually she found that when she got to America, yes, okay, there was jet lag, but there would be for for pretty much for anyone. <laughs> but she actually found when she got to America, she actually felt better and she was able to do more. She could actually even walk further. And that really was a big sign for we need to really consider this, this mold issue because obviously what she'd done by going on holiday for that extended period was removed herself from the source of the mold. And we know that now, but at the time, that was a real key indicator for us in, you know, this is a sign that actually there's something going on at home. Because when she came back home, those symptoms started up again. So it was a real telltale sign of actually, do you know what, there's something else going on here. And we think mold is probably an issue. So we got that mycotoxin testing back. We'd already done a lot of work on the gut. We'd already, we'd got rid of a lot of those infections and dysbiosis and imbalances and parasites and all of those sorts of things that were going on in the gut. We dealt with all of that. We were still working on the adrenals because that's a bit of a long process, but we were working heavily on that. So that was an ongoing, ongoing thing. And we were still doing that and things were starting to seem like that might be helping. But like I said, there were these sort of ongoing symptoms that we, you know, we couldn't get to the bottom of. We did this mycotoxin testing and actually very quickly. So I'm talking within the space of about six weeks of really sort of heavily starting to work on the mold that we found in the mycotoxin testing. And again, we had octoxin A with this case, uh, which is coming up a lot at the moment. Um, there was significant improvements. And I mean, really significant improvement. She had anxiety. The anxiety was, in her words, completely gone. So there was no anxiety at all. She wasn't waking up feeling anxious. She wasn't waking up feeling hyperglycemic. Um, she felt like the the adrenal, all the adrenal sort of stuff had really, really improved. So as well as working on the adrenals, by working on the mold as well, we really sort of managed to hit home with that and get that much better. She wasn't feeling overwhelmed. She said in herself, she just felt much more balanced. Sleeping wise, she wasn't waking in the middle of the night anymore. So where she'd really struggled with sleeping and sort of sleeping through the night, she actually was falling asleep around 10 o'clock in the evening and waking up at seven, which is a huge improvement. It obviously makes us feel better anyway, if we can get that sleep better. Her body temperature, so a lot of this was around the pot sort of stuff. Her body temperature was a lot more regulated. She wasn't burning up the same. Uh, she wasn't getting that three sort of 4 p.m. slump. She was getting maybe a bit tired around 7, 8 p.m., but felt that it was more of a normal tiredness. You know, she didn't need to kind of go to sleep at that time. She just felt like a little bit like need to have a sit down now, tired. Full on feeling tired hit around sort of 9, 10 p.m. in the evening, which was a huge improvement on what we had before. I mean, this was somebody who was having to, you know, use a wheelchair, go to bed in the afternoon, you know, really struggling to actually get through the day. Her balance was a lot better. She was able to get better movement with her exercise, still doing very gentle exercise at this point. At the moment, I'm still working with this patient, but currently we're still on very gentle exercise, but getting better movement with that. Aching legs, palpitations were a lot better. So all those pot symptoms a lot better. Doesn't feel that everything is wiping her out now. And actually even sort of nerve pain in the face was better as well. And I mean, that's a huge improvement in the space of six weeks. And this stuff had been going on for years. I mean, some of this stuff started, I mean, I'm going back as far as sort of 2000 and... I think we were around sort of the like 2018, maybe some sometime around then when this really sort of started to um to hit. So quite, you know, a good number of years that this had been going on. So it's a really significant improvement in the space of six weeks. And what's even better is that actually she came to me very recently and said, 
She'd actually done a full afternoon and night at a hen party with friends. She'd been able to dance and have fun. She didn't go to bed till after midnight. And actually, she just was able to live. I and mean, we should be able to do that. We should, you know, that's a normal thing. This is someone, you know, who is, you know, all of 40. She really, you know, should be able to do that. It's a simple thing that we should be able to do, but she wasn't able to do before. And actually just being able to go out, socialize and enjoy her life in that way has given her so much more freedom. So it really shows you how important it is to work on this on this stuff and find the root causes. This is key. And this is why I wanted to talk today about mold as a root cause, because getting to the root cause is when we see the improvements. So, you know, this lady, she'd worked with different practitioners over the years who had worked on different bits of sort of adrenal, different bits of gut things, you know, all, all of that sort of stuff. And yes, we did that work. But what was really key for her in seeing the huge improvements in her symptoms was getting to the root cause. And that is the key to functional medicine. It's getting to the root cause for each individual. And mold is often one of those root causes. So for her, these, you know, these improvements were were really quite life changing. And I'm still working with her. We've still got, you know, still got a way to go. We've still got things to work on. But already in the space of this space of time, you know, it really is a life changing improvement and you know giving her back a life that she feels she can start living normally she's walking to pick her kids up from school and things like that and yes we're taking easy with the exercise and we're building things back in slowly but she really is getting her life back and that is so important and that really is the key and this is a perfect example with this case of how that root cause medicine is so important and mold is a very complex and varied area to work in it's something that i i'm working in regularly with many of my patients. If it's something that you want to assess, we're going to drop some links below this episode so you can find out how to get tested with us. You can find out how to work with us and we'll also put some resources down there for you. But it's definitely worth considering if you've got these symptoms that are lingering or if you are doing all the stuff and you're just really not feeling better, it's definitely worth thinking about whether mold could be an underlying root cause of your symptoms or your condition. As ever, feel free to get in touch. You can do so via our Instagram DMs or you can email us if you've got any questions around this because it's a complex area. And we will do some more episodes where we'll dig into particular types of mold or particular areas of detoxifying with mold. But if you really, if you've got a question now and you want to reach out, then please feel free to do so. So I will be back next week with another guest episode on the Good Health Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Good Health Podcast. Do share the episode with anyone who you think it may benefit or who may enjoy it and help me spread the word by rating the episode or leaving a review. If you want more, you can find other episodes in the series on your podcast app or sign up to my free newsletter. Not only will you get information on new episodes launching, but we cover lots of health topics with the Ask Nicole section where you can send in your questions, my favorite recipes, my favorite products, tips and tricks to help you on the road to good health and much more. You can sign up free of charge at nicolegoodhealth.com forward slash newsletter, also linked below. I hope you have a lovely week. Don't forget to hit subscribe and I'll see you next time.